sweet soul, if you know it, say the rebel reclamation with me. We have the right to embody life in connection with nature and her cycles. We empower ourselves and others without apology or harm, aware and in awe of our united potential. We welcome the light and the shadow, knowing that the source of both is one singular divine power. With the wisdom of our ancestors and the hope of all future descendants, we lean into the unknown with grace. We release that which no longer serves us and manifest that which does. We make our own rules and then sometimes we break them. We are radical and wild. I am your dark sister, Sam, and this is your red sister, Sarah, and we are rebel women with teacups. Whoa, whoa. Hi. hi. <laughs> how are you? Hello. Hi. Good. How are you? I'm good. Good. That was a great reading. Thank you for doing that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So today, the tea we're getting into today, hold on. I'm all kinds of jumbled up over here. So give me just one moment. <laughs> okay. So today we're almost at eating. We are tasting tea from thistle bee tea she is located again in the yellow spring slash xenia area of ohio so this is her healer's blend it's the loof leaf herbal tea it protects supports and nourishes vital energies for those who practice healing arts love it okay hold on i get to get to my other photo and then the description says so the ingredients are hawthorn and i knew i smelled I thought I smelled that. Um, hawthorn, holy basil, cinnamon, mugwort, ashwagandha, cardamom, astragula root. I knew I was going to mess that up. And okay, so on the back of her thing, she said it's um, produced at her home in Springfield, Ohio. Those are all basically in the same-ish area. And then her recommended brewing, she says, enjoy with some honey or cream if desired. Ooh. Yeah. And you can reuse the leaves three times. This is caffeine free. So I don't, I never have any milk with me. So if you, Ooh, look at that look on your face. You just smelled it. What was that for? It's good. Well, I'm, I would never consider putting cream in it. Oh my gosh. Honey for sure. I know it's so good. It really is. I know. Plus this is also a fresh bag, like literally purchased from her. I don't know, two weeks ago. So that means that these herbs were like extremely recently processed. Yeah. So it it just hits your nose a little bit differently than than any yeah. other tea. Yeah. I can smell the holy basil. I can't really smell the cinnamon. Maybe just a smidge. Yeah, it's almost like um almost like an aftertaste, but an after smell where it's like mm. you catch it on the very end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same thing with the cardamom. It's very, very gentle. Yeah. And the, the actual loose um, plant material itself is surprisingly green. And then it has yeah. some woody bits in there. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at it, it looked like little like miniature logs had been split. Yeah. I <laughs> it think looks that's, like little rounds. Yeah. I think that's the ashwagandha and the astragalus. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's beautiful though. There, there is like a, a slight berry smell to it. Yeah, the it's the dry herb has yeah. a stronger berry smell. Yes. And then the cup is much more mild. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. The cup has a I don't know what it is, but it's like maybe it's the mugwort. There's like a savory smell in there mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Or maybe the basil, the holy basil. Yeah. So before, before we started recording, before we popped on our zoom together, so I have the, the thistle bee tea that, that we're drinking together. And then I have my water and then I have like my standard black tea and cream. And then I have a thermos with hot water and Taylor saw my partner saw me arranging all of these. And then he was like, it's like, you're the beverage master. No, what did he say? He said cup master. He called me the cup master CM for short. And I was like, well, babe, half of these aren't even cups. So it had to be the beverage master. So then he's like, BM doesn't roll off his tongue quite as good as CM does. But. That's funny. That's funny. Cause I also, um, well, I don't have water, even though I normally do, but I do have a cup of coffee as well as the tea. And I already took a sip and it is lovely. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's, uh, 
good hot, good iced. I have, so I purchased this bag, like I said, a few weeks ago, and I have had it previous to like me tasting it this time right now. And mm-hmm. I have used the leaves because on the label, it says up to three times. And I have used the leaves up to mm-hmm. three times and it's still incredibly delicious. I mm-hmm. would just let it brew a little bit longer. Um, yeah, because it, the, mm-hmm. yeah. And whenever you do brew, I don't know if because some people, some listeners out there might be a little more new to tea, but it's important that you have, Sam showed us that little hat she had for her, her guy a few weeks ago, if you go and look on our Instagram, but it is important that while it's brewing, that you have some type of covering over it because you're losing volatile, um, the oils Oils. that you're losing, which is like, let's like the important parts, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you keep all of that in. And so, the little container that I wish was glass, but it is not, it does have a lid on it. So every time I do brew loose leaf tea, it does have a little lid on it, but that is important because mm-hmm. you never know. I I love how subtle the flavors are, it really is. but the flavor profile is like so expansive that it hits. It's almost like Indian food where there's like 75 ingredients that don't mm-hmm. make any sense together, like mm-hmm. cinnamon and, oh you know, gosh. basil. Yes. Like, yes. But there was a study that was done of like why Indian food tastes so incredibly delicious. And it's because the flavor profile is like unmatched. There's no other cuisine that incorporates so many different types of flavors, sweet with savory, with salty, with bitter. Like Mm -hmm. they'll make dishes with straight up bitter melon. And you're like, how would that taste good? But then they put all these things with it. And then it creates this nuance, this like layer. And I feel like this tea, especially because the whole thing is like very soft and, um, and like cohesive together. But then mm-hmm. when you stop for a second, it, it feels like a very feminine experience to stop and just like, you know, just like aerate <laughs> the mouth yes. and taste it and smell it. It's a, yeah. it's a good one. I like it. It is a, a good one. Yeah. I, I sometimes get nervous with teas just, and I, it's not really nervous. It's just like, is my tongue going to like the flavor? Right. Because sometimes they can be a little bit too. Is grassy the word? I don't know if grassy is the word. Sure. Yeah. Um, but they can also just be, there's no adventure. Like you were literally just saying that mm. the, the palate is so expansive, right. Mm-hmm. That there's no adventure where it just tastes like slightly flavored hot water. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really like this journey. Because mm-hmm. it gives me a reason to continue like discovering yeah. the different types of tea. Right. And um, yeah, that's well, all I wanted to say. <laughs> there's different mouthfeels too, because sometimes like if I let my black tea steep too long, it becomes astringent. So then mm. even if there's cream in it, I will drink it and my mouth will feel like dry and parched. Not that I necessarily mm-hmm. feel thirsty, but there's like this like tightening feeling that yeah. happens. Yeah. It's it's just so incredible. Cause I mean, we'll drink, you know, 32 ounces of coffee on our way to work and like not think about the experience at all. Yeah. But then to stop and slow down, it's like, there's so much. And I keep, I keep thinking about this and it goes towards what you were saying about food. I've been fascinated with food lately. Cause I've really thought about the ideas and the fact, I know most of us have stopped and thought about this, about how, like, how did we figure these things out? How did our ancestors figure out that this herb is great with this dinner and uh, just like discovering that, oh, I can dry this and then I can crush this down into a fine powder and use that in cooking. So I can't remember the name of the website, but I was like Googling something and I came across the history of food and, you know, for the longest time, food and drink and any of that was literally just to survive. It wasn't for any other purpose than making sure that we had some type of nourishment in our body. Mm -hmm. And then as, um, at that time, what would be considered modern medicine and things like that in technologies of those times started making life a little bit easier and, um, harvesting a little bit easier. We started turning more and more towards how can we make this food like really yummy? Because if you think about it, like exactly just right. Because when, when our, oh my, I cannot even imagine what it must have tasted like for, for the people that ate meat, but when they had to preserve it in salt, it was literally nothing but salt. Like I cannot imagine how unpleasurable eating had to have been until a certain point. And I, if, I, if memory serves me correct, it was really the French who created more of the fine dining, the more of the, because for the royalties and what have you. Although now that you were talking about 
Indian culture, I'm sure that they had delicious and delectable food long before that. But if yeah, anybody they knows the spice trade, the spice yeah, trade exactly. like literally changed the world because of them. Exactly. So if anybody has like a good documentary or a podcast or something like that, where it talks about the history of food, I would be down because I'm just so interested in understanding how we as humans across all of these different cultures evolved into the food that we know today. Mm-hmm. So I have a person that I work with and he has a woman, a a nanny from, um, from Haiti that is staying with him to take care of his littles while he's at work, him and his wife. Um, and, and she's only been there, I don't know, less than a month. And I was so curious because I'm like, how are you guys going to eat? Like, are you guys going to eat together as a family? Like, Mm. does she like have her own kitchen? What's the thing? And he's like, I have to get back to you. I don't know. And then he got back to me and he had said, what she said was that all of our food is flavorless. Like, they had Thanksgiving dinner and nothing tasted like anything, which is why we cover everything with sauces and gravies and stuff. And what she eats at home, he was like, she eats a lot of fruit. So now at the grocery store, they buy a lot, a lot of fruit and a lot of vegetables. And then what she's used to is like oxtail and things like that, that on its own is so bursting with flavor that you don't really need extra seasonings because it's oxtail from an ox that was eating grass Mm, and like uh living in the sun and so Uh even their meat has more flavor and the fat around their meat has more and they utilize parts of the animal that just naturally have more flavor that we don't and then we put flavor powder you know dorito cheese on everything (sighs) yeah give it some flavor and so I, i feel like it's it's both ends of the spectrum like yeah. Like we literally have no taste buds left because we yeah. fried them and all oh of my our food gosh. is flavorless. Yes. It's so funny that you mentioned that because yesterday I had an avocado and it was flavorless. Like I, it, it, it tasted like nothing. And so for a moment I sat as I was like cutting it and getting it ready. I thought to myself, I wonder what it would be like to walk outside and pluck an avocado in its climate in Mexico, like fresh from the sun, in still season. warm, in season. Like I cannot imagine how much more flavorful it is direct from the vine or even just from healthier practices, for mm-hmm. more nature-based practices, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where our, because even though like, as soon as you said that they were buying a lot of fruit, I guarantee you that fruit is still not as bursting with flavors as it would be where right. she's from, right? Because right. it hasn't traveled however many thousands of miles, however yeah. many days. And some of the stuff is frozen. Like we don't yes. realize, but they will refrigerate food yes. so much that's on the cusp of frozen. And then the cell walls actually explode yep. because that's what happens when water freezes. It, ex- it expands. Mm-hmm. And then like tomatoes get mealy and stuff when you put them in the refrigerator because the cell walls are so... Um, yeah temperamental mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well okay so in um in perfect segue talking about nature yes please so, so the reading that I picked for today I wanted something so this will be the last podcast that we post for 2022 um, wrapping up the year and sitting sweetly in this Yule season I just you know we had talked about what's going to happen in, in our future year and what we're setting forward and all these things. And so I wanted a reading that was similar to that. So, um, this reading is a lot about nature. It comes from the mist filled path, a book written by Frank McGowan. Highly recommend this book. It's okay. So let me just, before I read any actual like words, words to you mm-hmm. that were in sentences, let me just read the chapter titles. Cause these are fucking sexy. Yeah. Give this- it to me. <laughs> waking up in the land of sleepwalkers mm. the threshold of the mists yeah people of the shapes the spirit yes. of longing mm. riding the wind dancing the sun the shape of the sacred world the great song the mothering heart of god mm. the body is holy the hearth way the way of the heart the way of the earth working with the great mirror Mm, mm, mm. I know. Doesn't it just make you want to like fucking a, read the book? <laughs> like literally every single one. And it's so funny that you chose that book. And I was going to tell you the story. And I was like, oh, wait for the podcast. It's not a big story. It's just that uh, my son has a wanderlust and he feels like 
he gets bored very easily of his job and he's just one he's looking for the next adventure he's 21 so you know he's looking he's wanting to experience everything and this is the book I can't find mine because I packed it away because I did a big bunch of purging this year but I'm looking for my copy of the misfilled path to give to him because I think that this would be it's not at the temple is it I well I well it might be because okay. I took a lot of my books there. Yeah. Uh, so I will be double checking there. But yes, I highly recommend this book. This is one of the readings that was recommended during our time with Danielle Dolsky. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I love is just finding out the next the next book because right. so yummy. So So tell me, tell me, what do you want to read from that book? Okay. So I'm reading from the conclusion, which is working with the great mirror and mm-hmm. um, the great mirror is nature. Because that it, she holds up a mirror to everything that is true and eternal about ourselves. But um, in the middle of the chapter, he's embedded a roomy poem. So I'm going to read that first, and then I'll I'll read these two passages from from the chapter. Yes, and roomy because he he lists roomy as Jala Udin Rumi, and I'm like, is that roomy roomy? And so I did some researching, and I did not like. I knew he was a Sufi mystic. Um, but he was also Rumi was an Islamic scholar mm-hmm. and a Persian poet. Well, like I knew mm-hmm. he was a poet, but again, I was like, ah, so it's interesting. These, yeah, I love it when truth can transcend specific, um, uh, specific doctrines and specific doc- dogmas, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't matter the words that we're using, but then if you use them in metaphor, then it's applicable to any mm-hmm. theology because it's mysticism you know what I mean it's not religion okay so here is the poem from Rumi your grief for what you've lost lifts a mirror up to where you're bravely working expecting the worst you look and instead here's the joyful face you've been wanting to see Mm. all right and then here is Frank McGowan's writing from the conclusion The primal Celtic tradition experiences the soul as existing outside of the body, hence its ability to send soul energy out on soul flight, as is often done in shamanic ritual and shamanic practice. When we work with the great mirror of nature in capitals, not like capitals, like he's yelling at us, but like (laughs) the first letter is capitals. When we work with the great mirror of nature, it is important to approach this realm with a sense of dynamic openness in our soul energy so that we can pick up information from the soul of a place. We cannot gain anything from the spirit of nature, including an appreciation of her, if we enter in a closed or rigid state. All too often, people go for a nature, all too often, people go into nature for a hike or to camp, and in a short time, they return home untouched by the power of the natural world because they did not open themselves to it. We must have humility to surrender long enough to let the sacred into us. But all too often, the humility required, and then in parentheses, the word humility is related to the word humus, meaning earth, never appears. I'm going to read that sentence again. We must have humility to surrender long enough to let the sacred into us, but all too often the humility required never appears. And then he goes on about the best time to work with the day. I'll just read it because it's beautiful. I feel that the, I feel that it is best to perform the practice of working with the mirror during the daytime so that you can truly see the signs and omens in nature. As you deepen with this practice, you'll also find that sunny days and gray days will have a different bearing on your results. A completely different experience is available when you move through the natural world at night. Mm. All right. And then this is the last paragraph of the last page of the book. May you find your resurrection place your own forest shrines, and trust that what you discover there is good. May you come to embrace the wisdom that the mist can teach us about blending, about making compromises in our fixed and solidified states of mind, and may you learn to trust and rely on the holiness of the longing in your soul. May you and the life of your soul grow green again. Mm. And I thought that was perfect for, for you. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. We had, um, 
Junae Christopher, a woman who facilitates at the temple, she had led a nature nature inspired art walk. And so mm-hmm. we made these art journals as we walked through um, this, this hike path that she had picked out. And it was really, really beautiful. But before we even started, cause we had to like walk to the path. So we walk and we're at the threshold of the path. And she's like, now recognize this moment as you're about to walk into the woods you're not just like walking into the woods so that like the, you know, you see the birds, right. And you hear the birds talking and you see insects and, and you are receiving the woods through your senses. It's not just that. It's that when you walk into the woods, the woods receive you. Mm. And I was like, so she had coached us through walking in very slowly to feel that reciprocity that happens mm-hmm. as you receive nature nature is receiving you and then the animals treat you differently when you're yeah. like waiting to receive their song and then they will receive you because they'll sing differently you know what I mean yeah. if you startle them they're going to stop talking or maybe they're going to squawk much louder mm-hmm. it was just beautiful reminded mm-hmm. me from that passage that's beautiful the mindfulness of going into nature you can just like he was saying you can hike all the live long day but unless you surrender to what is there and you take Mm -hmm. in and you give out like so often when we walk I think a lot of people have this habit because I catch myself doing it as well we have this habit of looking down Mm -hmm. where we'll look down at the path Mm -hmm. and we won't even look up at eye level right it's we're looking down at the path and of course we're doing it because we don't want to trip over what's coming next but we're also mm-hmm. not giving ourselves enough um perspective that but it's not enough uh self-awareness I guess that mm-hmm. of course you know if you look down the path and you see that you're about to come through something jagged that's one thing but if you're on a path that's pretty much clear why aren't you looking up why aren't you looking around why aren't you watching the leaves dance or seeing if you can find that one particular bird that's that's talking really loudly mm-hmm. or do you hear the water is there water in this forest let's go find that water like that that type of thing because we're so worried about having the tunnel vision of I'm got to make sure I don't trip. I got to make sure I don't, you know, slip, trip, fall, whatever the case is. But when you stop and you look up and you look around, it is a different perspective, just like you said, but it's, it's also like a a self-trust thing. Like I trust my intuition enough to know that Mm. I'm going to be walking this path and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to slip, trip or fall. Right. Yeah. well and if you're walking in a mindful way you know what I mean you're not you're not walking to cover ground quickly right you're less likely to trip anyways because your foot is like ready to receive the earth where the Mm -hmm. earth is meeting you versus something else right when um I had worked with a, a theater on like a mindfulness um series and one of the things because it was an improv theater and one of the things we were working with was the dichotomy of focused, uh, focused um, awareness, focused attention of like what's right in front of you. So if your partner on stage says something, you need to be paying attention to be able to respond to that specific line. But that's only layer one. Layer two is peripheral awareness. Mm. And it is an incredible skill to like actively flex this muscle of holding focused attention while also maintaining peripheral awareness. Mm. Because if somebody comes on stage you know what I mean quietly or if someone moves their hand gesture and like create like you have to be able to pick up on it without too much tunnel focus and it's I mean improv I think is an incredible life skill in general but for many many reasons but I feel like it can be applied to anything that we do whether we're walking in the woods maintaining focused awareness of the leaf or the insect that we're looking at and then the peripheral awareness of the cacophony of birds unhappy that we've walked into their home you know (laughs) yes I know this really has nothing to do with anything, but I took theater performance in college. And one of the things when actors were learning, like in the original time, when actors were doing first time Shakespeare plays, what they would do is they would only write. So let's say that I'm Romeo and you're Juliet. 
I would only see the last sentence of your paragraph that leads into mine. Oh. And you would only see the first sentence. Like, so it would be like, we had to pay attention. So it was Uh genuine surprise for some of these things. So they would, they would practice only so much together so that it could seem more realistic. So you only knew parts and pieces. So you had to pay attention. And I thought that was so very cool. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Very. Um, it was during the roomy poem and I've been thinking about this a lot lately and it, I don't think the roomy poem actually said anything. Do you have the passage with you? Can you read mm-hmm. it one more time, please? Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Your grief for what you've lost lifts a mirror up to where you're barely up to where you're bravely working, expecting the worst you look. And instead, here's the joyful face you've been waiting to see. Yes. Okay. So it was, it was the whole thing. Um, we're at, just like Sam said earlier, we are, this is, this will be the last podcast of 2022. And so naturally, like most people I've been doing a year in reflection, just looking back at my year and not so much specifically for me, although maybe in two weeks I could say something different, but I've been thinking about a lot of mindless scrolling on the, on the medias, right. <laughs> and how. people go, I miss the girl I used to be. I, I want to get back to the girl. I want to find the old me. And I'm like, what? But you can't like, so when you, when, when Rumi said that lifts the mirror up to you in my mind, what I thought about is not, not me specifically. Like I miss the girl. Like they're just saying like, because of a relationship that they've had, mm. that was toxic. They miss the old version of themselves. But I'm thinking you, you can never be your old self. Right. Why would you want to be? Why? Yes. Why would you want to be? Why would you want to be your old self? You, you didn't go through this heartbreak. You didn't go through these trials and tribulations and these tests of your soul for you not to evolve to the next version of yourself. That doesn't mean tendrils of your younger self can't be with you because Mm -hmm. I really like there was a a trend that was happening where it's like, I'm not just turning third, I'm turning 30, but I'm also still 29 and I'm also still 28. Mm. So it's like, I still have these versions of me through all of my, I still have versions of my five-year-old self, right? We all do, but you cannot go back. And that is the beauty of when you surrender and you sink into connecting with nature and connecting with yourself on a softer level that the mirror is there and it's a reflection like nature never goes backwards Mm. right it never goes back it can't go backwards it has cycles right it has different parts of its evolution it'll fall away and it'll go into hiding but then it's going to bloom again Mm -hmm. so it's you could just I don't know that's that's where the Rumi poem took me that there's just no way that you could ever be your old self again. And that is so okay. Well, and even if, even if something happened where you feel less than a previous version of yourself, Mm -hmm. that, that darkness and constriction is required for the next big pop. Like you can't expand past where you are without some sort of contraction first taking yeah. place. It's like the requirement for all of anything being birthed into this universe, inc- like the big bang. I mean, literally a fucking contraction, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's it. Even if you perceive that there is something that is less than of you right now. I mean, it's, it's just a, a gap in perception. It's not, it's not what's actually real. There's no way you could be less expansive than who you previously were every mm-hmm. day, your, mm-hmm. your sensory input, your brain is taking in information, your, your spirit and intuition continue to do what they do, unfolding your truth greater yeah. every day. I, I can't even begin to think about being a person who is like, I wish that I was like, I feel like me. Yeah. yeah, who I was even last year was like, who is that lady? Right. Exactly. And then I, yeah. I look in pictures five years ago and I'm like, I mean, she was trying. She was definitely trying. Yes. yes. So, and then who's to think? I mean, also, if you are one of those people who's like, you know, I wish I was whatever three years ago, in that moment, 
did you think that you had made it in that moment? Did you think that that was all that there was? Or it's probably much more likely that in that moment, you were also wanting for something else. You were also wanting to be some other place. And it's not indicative of the qualities of your character and your expression of self and instead indicative of your perspective. Exactly. And then to also, I'm a big um, believer in the question, what's underneath that? Mm -hmm. Because it is it your old self that you're missing, or is it some of the feelings that you had? Right. And exactly, exactly. Rose colored glasses, just like you said, it's not three years ago, every, everything wasn't hunky dory all the time. So there was something that you're still wanting for. Did you achieve it in that time frame? So then you're missing the feeling of that next big thing, right? Like it could be one of those things mm. where it's like, you set a goal for yourself, you achieved it. It's been three years of kind of stagnation. And so you're aching for the old feeling. So what's underneath that? Mm-hmm. What are you really aching for? Mm-hmm. Is it to be that three years ago version of yourself or is it to have that joy and wonder and mystery and that drive mm-hmm. of this is what I want. I'm going to get it. So I'm going to go after it. Yes. I feel incredibly privileged to be in a place where I can't even fathom that for my experience or for the people around me. Like I've surrounded yeah. myself with people who are so embodied or in the process of becoming embodied. You know what I mean? That it's like, that's not, that's not even on the table. And honestly, like I can think about times where like the house that I grew up in or one of the houses that I grew up in, and then you drive by it, you know, cause it's in a different state for me. So then when I drive by it, it's very, very rare. But I remember the feeling of seeing this one particular home that had this one particular, you know what I mean? Time span of my life. And it is like this unsettling, like pit dropping feeling because mm. it's not actually the same as what's in my mind because mm-hmm. time has continued to grow. And there's like, new families in that home, probably loads of new families have moved Mm -hmm. through that home and it's become their old home. And it's like, not at all based in reality to think that that should have stayed the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it goes against the laws of nature. Yeah. I remember my very, my very first college class was communications. And I remember my teacher very specifically, hold on, my cat's getting a little mischievous. What are you doing, bud? What are you doing? Okay. He's, you're probably going to hear him. He's trying to walk very precariously across my full desk. Okay. (laughs) Um, My teacher, I cannot remember her name to save my life, but I remember her face and I was 18 and she said, and she was, you know, at least 20 years. (laughs) Did you see the tail? Yeah. (laughs) Um, she was at least 20 years older than me, probably, probably more, but she said that she was talking about communication, about the evolution of the, the soul, the, all the things. And she goes, you know, my husband made a comment that I'm not the, I'm not the woman that he married. And I don't know if you just heard that, but clothes just went fine. Anyways, that she wasn't the woman that he married. In a good way. And she was like, well, I hope not. I've had 20, 20 plus years. I Mm -hmm. really hope I'm not the same person I was. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking in my 18 year old head, I remember going, I like who I am. I don't want to change. And then cut to 20 years later. I'm like, I'm so glad that I changed. I'm so glad that I experienced all of these evolutions because I really love the person I am today. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine what you know, universe blessing, what the next 20 years is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And you are so right. I feel so unbelievably privileged to have the people in my life that I do to watch the women in my life evolve the way that I have. Mm -hmm. And my, my younger self, I don't, there's no, couldn't even fathom, could not even fathom the glory of watching specifically the women in my life find their higher calling. Yeah. It's so delicious. Like Mm -hmm. I could literally drink it up, eat it up, gobble it up every single day because it's just so good. Well, and there's like the long-term slow burn Mm, women mm -hmm. finding their 
their truth and their purpose. And then there's like those quick hits where you're in a circle and like someone will just alchemize something in their brain or, uh-huh. or you get to witness, maybe they don't even know that it's happening. Uh-huh. And then from the outside, I'm like, fuck, like I just yes. want to journal about this. Yes. It's so incredible. Yes. It really is really good. One thing that I would highly recommend to all listeners out there, and I literally cannot recommend this enough, go hiking barefoot. I mean, take your shoes with you, clearly, but it is a completely different experience when you hike barefoot. I used to date a man very briefly who would go on, um, he was a, he was an extremely yin energized man and he would go on nightly walks barefoot for the moon. And, and this was like, before I was like really into witchy stuff. And I just thought he was like kind of bizarre, but I'm talking barefoot on cement sidewalks. Like it didn't, he just was like, I need to be barefoot at night. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes he would walk in the grass beside the sidewalk. Sometimes he'd Mm -hmm. walk on pavement and didn't matter, but he just needed to be barefoot at night under the moon. That's so funny. I know. I That's so him, funny. I called him my moon man. I thought we were going to like be married, but it, it quickly fizzled out. I think I did too many drugs for his taste, <laughs> which is perfect. It's exactly as it was meant to be. Yes. But how interesting that you got to witness a man and his divine energy for yeah. the feminine well but see my energy was like way off whack because I and it's funny because I remember we had even like verbalized to each other his yin energy and I was like super yang at the time that was when I was like going to like power hot yoga all the time and like talking 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 and like go 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 and mm-hmm. I don't know it just it was but it how was it, that's what I find so interesting though it was like your first steps into the foray of being with a slightly more spiritual person yeah. and you were the complete opposite version of yourself mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. you're so you are so yin now <laughs> I know <laughs> so yin which is interesting because it's like I was so not living into my truth that yeah. it was like creating an aversion for mm-hmm. somebody who was living more into that or or maybe that was my truth at the time I mean I, I truly feel that that is what needed to happen obviously I, I yeah. needed to move through a fuck ton of sweaty hot yoga to know that that was not <laughs> what I wanted to be doing yes but see that's the thing that's the journey right right it's exactly. The, exactly it's that damn Miley Cyrus song it's the climb it's not about the end I mean of course it's about the end result but truly and honestly our life is the journey, right? The end result means nothing. Correct. Yeah. There's, um, I, I can't remember if it was Emerson or Thoreau. It must've been Emerson. And I remember my, was a freshman English teacher. He was the best teacher I ever had. He was like literally the biggest dick, but he like got me. He like saw me and like under, like he like validated me on like an entirely different level in terms of like writing and, and my ability to process thoughts in, in this like new, you know, sort of like high school realm of thinking where your teacher just isn't telling you what to think. And instead, and in fact, this teacher, cause this it was what, maybe the 2000, cause I graduated in 2004. I remember him going off on this huge like week long tangent because I wasn't sure how it like applied to what we were studying, but how pro-choice and pro-life are not actually the same issue. And it was a whole bunch of freshmen were like, what are you talking about? And so he was like unraveling, like you can't both be pro something and be against each other. And, and, and which is incredible because he was like an old man, but he had enough awareness. So, okay. And I'm, I digress. So we studied um, Emerson and Thoreau and I, it must've been Thoreau. I actually don't know. I don't know who it was, but one of them wrote this, this essay on hunting a deer with his father. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was the hunt, the hunt, the hunt. And the whole hunt was, you know, to kill the deer and however long this essay was. And then he finally kills the deer and, you know, you're as the reader, it's the climax and you're expecting it to be this climactic moment of everything that has been leading up to it. And then instead what happens is the author is like, it was so uneventful. It was so unclimactic and it was devastating because then the hunt was over. And in that moment, the author had realized that that it was never about actually killing the deer. And it instead was about all of the things that require 
you along the way to be able to track this deer and spend time with his father and learn and uh, become one with the deer to be able to to understand where the deer is going to be and i don't know it was like a life-changing life-changing teacher a life-changing um essay and i should really remember who wrote it but i don't i was trying to google it while you were talking about it because thoreau was walden pond right so it was probably emerson i always confuse the two though no, Ralph Waldo Emerson did. I don't know. Walden yeah, Pond. it didn't give me something clear. So I'm going to say <laughs> IDK. <laughs> Same. <laughs> we can do more investigating afterwards. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. That, yeah, but I agree. I agree with the whole, the whole thing. It was about, it was about the experience. Because that is a core memory, right? Like he'll remember that for the rest of his life. You'll right. remember a man walking barefoot for the moon for the rest of your life. Right. Okay. So here we are at the end of 2022. Yeah. So instead of doing like full year in review, yeah. what's like a top, a top moment that is like marked in your, maybe not a top moment or, or maybe it's a top learning. I don't know. A, a top essence that is like plugged in that you know you will be taking forward. Uh, the first thing that popped in my brain is probably the experience that I had at the, at facilitating the rebirth of your wild retreat. Like the whole thing, the whole thing, like the first two days. So the way that the, this particular week was structured going forward, it's structured a little bit differently. We checked in on Sunday evening and we check out on Saturday morning, the retreat itself, like the, the, the meat and potatoes, the, <laughs> uh the essence of it I was trying to find like a clever vegan thing to say but like it all went out my brain uh it doesn't start until Monday so Sunday evening is pretty chill we do some like community agreements kind of get to know each other and then Monday is like we're it it is it's real work and we begin immediately and I felt really good about Monday and I felt really good about Tuesday and then halfway through Wednesday, I could feel myself unraveling because there were there were many parts and pieces to this experience. But I could feel like, and I kind of wrote it about it briefly, actually, yesterday in the post, we have been, we were very, very blessed that this past retreat, we had a professional photographer and she asked permission if she could take some photographs throughout the, the week. Uh, I was very adamant, though, that I wanted her to do it in times where I didn't want it to feel like work for her. That was very important to me. And so, so she, she uh, etched out some time with the participants to get some very specific photos. And so the story, the, the story she's, was, we, we need to name her because she's fucking oh, incredible. Yeah. Rachel Puckett. Yes. And honey and smoke. Photos. Yes. Photos. Yes. Photography. Fucking glorious. So um, cannot recommend smooth. Rachel enough moving absolutely yes work with her especially you know if she's in the columbus ohio area highly recommend and she's like <laughs> the best cheerleader like she makes you feel fantastic yeah, she does. doing the photo it's just <laughs> glorious okay so so here's the, i'll just give the story really quickly um my friend katie who i've known for quite some time was at the retreat this year and um i think it was i think it was kind of becoming noticeable that i was i was exhausted I was at my end Wednesday is a day that we're only doing work for half of it so that the other half could be downtime for everybody because it is such it's really a lot of work for everybody it's mm -hmm. emotional spiritual like literally all the boxes check 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 and so the rest of it was meant for us to stay in silence and be to ourselves and not have to feel the pressure of carrying on conversations with other people. And it, the, the longer and longer the day went, the more and more I could see that we couldn't have the amount of time that I wanted to offer to people. And one of the things that I struggle with deeply is perfectionism. Not that you have to be perfect. In fact, I love you deeply to see all your flaws. But me, myself, I have to present on a perfect level as mm -hmm. a spiritual leader Mm -hmm. I'm not a spiritual leader as a spiritual person, as a guide, as I don't know, all of these things, the space holder. Exactly. And in my brain, I have to be perfect. 
So what happened is before we left for where we were at, before we left for dinner, Katie and I took a walk and she was like, you need to scream. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you're right. But I had no intention of screaming. I was just like, I just need to go for like a cleansing walk. And so I walked to one of the three ponds that are on the, the lands. And I was like, you know what? No, I do have to scream. So I screamed. And now normally what would have happened is I would have done that for myself and kept it to myself completely. Like that was just, that's just who I am. Like, I don't want to show all of my scars, right? I don't want to show my imperfectionism and that I couldn't hold the space as thoroughly as I wanted to, right? Mm. And honestly, to to be honest with you, it's fucking wild (laughs) that I that I have no additional, like, I don't have anybody else helping me through this week because it is so important to me that it, it it does feel a certain way. And so I'm very protective of that, but I do have helpers. So like this year it was Sam that helped me. She was my, my right-hand woman. And then my oldest friend, Melissa helped me last year. And another woman will help me this upcoming year. But anyways, so I went, I screamed, and then her and I came back to the dining hall and somebody had just asked if I was okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went and screamed. I feel great. And then we all got to talking about it. And then it kept being offered. Do you guys want to go scream? Like, I can't remember if it was Katie. I can't remember who it was, was just like, yeah, I think going to scream would feel really good. And so (laughs) for the remainder of the retreat, from across the land, you would hear screams and it would bring such joy (laughs) to my heart. Or like, say we were doing something and it got really intense and then somebody would go, I need to go scream. And so I would say, blah, 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 is going to go scream. And then they'd scream and then we'd cheer and right. it was just, oh, oh my God, it was so, there, there are no words. There, there are just no words to describe how unbelievably freeing those moments were. And then the images that we are showing on social media happen on a very um, ceremonial day. Excuse me. So that's the reason why you see everybody in red because we dress in red because one of the things that I wanted to bring back and each year it's going to look a little bit different, but each year it's going to have core elements that are the same, but women who are on spiritual paths specifically, because that's who I feel like I align the most with um, no matter no matter what your physical form looks like, if you are a woman, our ancestors studied their entire lives to hold space and hold ceremony. And we don't do ceremonial things anymore. And in fact, for so long, we were shown that women can't be ceremony holders. If you look at it through the lens of certain religions Mm -hmm. and I want to bring ceremonies back because they're just so beautiful and they're so reverent and they're so freeing and they make you feel connected. And so that was one of our ceremonial days. And again, we were just so blessed to have Rachel there with us to take these images that just floor Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. They just floor you in their gloriousness. So I would have to say highlight of the year for me professionally, personally, spiritually Mm. would be the rebirth of your wild. Those images too stack together because we've been posting them as reels, the, Mm -hmm. because Rachel took like, like up to the scream, the scream, and then the aftermath, Yes, the the afterbirth. That's what she called it on the, um, the, the photo, like, I don't know, mass website, the, the afterbirth. And it's amazing. It, each one of them gives me freaking chills yeah. to see like the woman, like anchoring in, there's like a little bit of silly yes. sometimes it's a little bit of like, what am I doing? Cause it's not just screaming. It's like screaming in front of a camera kind of on cue. So you have mm-hmm. to, you have to like engage with rage, like in that specific moment, not when it arises organically. And then all of them, every single one of them ends with the woman laughing, smiling, bent over because she's like taking it all in laughing. You know, it's just, it's so fucking incredible. It's so beautiful. And it's like the, the rage and the fury. And then this like sweet softness and silliness, like all of them together, each one of these women has this like little, you know, photo slide set, slide yeah. set of these 
this like incredible trajectory yeah. um, of emotion. Yeah. And then there's a moment where, first of all, if you want to see all of these, go to Temple of the Rebel Goddess. We're not posting them on Rebel Women with Teacups, but go to Rebel or Temple of the Rebel Goddess. You'll see all of these glorious um, photo Inst- montages, Instagram. Instagram. Yes. And sometimes there were moments where it was like, I don't want to scream by myself. I want somebody to be there with me. And so some women were screaming together. Mm-hmm. There were some group, there's just to be given the permission, even though we don't need permission, but as soon as we, we hear, or we feel like permission has been given, there's a freedom that can happen. Mm-hmm. And to like, these weren't just like screams. These were from like the curl of the toe, from the sole of your feet, from the roots of the earth type of release. And it was just some of the images, some of the images before the actual scream happens, you can see the women's fingers like crooked (sighs) and like, oh, because they're feeling it. They're They're literally embodying and you can watch, you can watch this feeling drop into their bodies in, in like these, you know, rapid slideshows. It's fucking, it's incredible. And so, so I was one of the people I did not, I, what do I have to scream about? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) I'm not angry. I'm never angry, (laughs) but that's what I tell myself because I stuff it down so far that I like rage is not, there's no place for rage and fury in my life. And so everyone's screaming and I'm like, cool for you guys. It's going to be really fun for you guys to see all these pictures. Like, I don't, I don't want to scream. I don't like, what am I going to do? Muster up. I can't even scream when I'm actually experiencing a moment of rage. How am I supposed to channel that after the fact? You know what I mean? Subsequently. Mm -hmm. And so then I was one of those people. So for me to be able to scream, we all screamed together. That was when we did group photos, everyone together, holding hands, screaming to warm me up before I could independently scream. And then even when I did the actual scream, that was just me. If I'm honest with myself, while I tried in earnest to tap into rage and fury, I don't know that that's necessarily what I was feeling. But then afterwards, seeing it in a picture, it appears as though that is what I was feeling. So I've had this like realization of like, was I actually feeling it? And I am so like cut off from my own rage that I don't even know when it's present or I don't even know when when it is moving through my body and I refuse to accept that it is a reality that I experience because they see these pictures and I'm like, I know I'm not that good of an actress. There's no way. <laughs> but the whole thing was beautiful. The, yeah. the retreat was beautiful. Rachel's images, gorgeous. Yeah. What about you? Um. So I would say my my overall twenty two is more of two thousand twenty two is more of an essence than it is mm. like a thing or a moment. Mm. But I remember in in previous years working um with House of Alm, a studio in Yellow Springs, and the first time Melissa, the owner had asked like what medicine I wanted to offer. I was like blown away. Cause I was like, I don't, I could never perceive myself as being able to host a workshop, mm. a single workshop. And I'm like, wow, she sees something in me. And I remember idolizing Melissa. And I mean, I still do. I mean, what she create created, creates, actively creates is just, I mean, otherworldly. And I remember, I mean, all the times I would hear people talk about how she's such an incredible creatrix and, you know, being able to manifest and pull through into physical reality, these things, incredible groundbreaking things. Yeah. And like, she was like, she's next level Mm -hmm. as far as I was concerned for the longest time. And then over the past year being open a year at the temple you know, plus some now and having people say to us the same things that I remember saying to and about Melissa, people Mm. are saying them to and about you and I, about what we've created is incredible. And, you know, they feel this sense of home in our space and all these things in this, this, the same like separateness, like with my rage of like this separateness of like being able to be on a pedestal of like my greatness and how bright my light shines because from inside, it doesn't feel that bright, or maybe Mm -hmm. I don't allow it to feel that bright. 
right. And then externally people are validating me. And even in the moment, I'm like, Oh, you know, that's so kind. And then there's, there's that like, you know, slight deflection that happens and like humility steps in and there's like, you know, I I have to be humble and like, you know, Oh, Uh you know, it's it's just moving through me, like whatever. And, and so accumulating all of that together is like, there's, there's a piece of me, part of me or all of me that, that is this elevated thing that I can't even, I can't even grasp, you know, Uh and just the awareness that I am this thing, even if I can't fully embrace or like knowingly embody it doesn't mean that I'm not embodying it just because I don't feel my rage doesn't mean I'm not embodying it yeah yeah and just because the things that I do day to day don't feel great doesn't mean that they're not incredibly great and groundbreaking mm, so good so that's my that's my essence is that I'm a fucking beast <laughs> I've been living in beast mode all this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yes. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Sam and I were just having this conversation, a conversation similar to this, where it's like, she sees things the way that she sees things is the way that I want to see things. And she'll, for example, <laughs> I know that she has to love me when she sees me struggling through something and be like, let me. I got this. And I'm like, okay, yes, you do got this. So I try really hard to do our marketing images and it just don't work out. It just don't work out. Like I, I just, I make them really simple. I think, oh yeah, that looks great. You know, if you don't like it, that's cool. Just change it. And then this fucking bitch rolls through and she takes it to like level 110%. And I'm like, I just, I, how can I see things the way that you see things? Like, I want to be like you. And, uh, and then she was like, oh, I want to be like you too. And then it's like, we're each other's golden shadow where it's like, you see the just, ugh. I always say it's Sam's beautiful brain. Like I'm just in love with it. I'm amazed by it all the time. Just to expand on golden shadow. Yeah. If you're not familiar with that term. Mm -hmm. So it is. So like there's sinister shadow, which is like someone outside in the world triggers you because you think that they're awful. And you're like, ugh, that person and their qualities is ugh the worst golden shadow is the opposite where someone is so great that you could literally never be like them. There is a Mm -hmm. sense of separation because their greatness is so bright. And so Sarah and I all, and it's so beautiful because I'm like, I could never, I could never like walk onto a stage and like demand presence or like control like an audience, not even an audience, but even like in workshop, just like, just the way that you like take up space is like, but just fucking incredible. And I'm like, just in awe of you all the time. And I'm like, I could never, I could never be that. I don't believe that, but okay. <laughs> Cause you are. I, well, right. See, that's the thing because it's all, it's all completely in our head. And then I'm like, right. It, it it's an illusion. This, yeah. yeah. It's completely illusion because I, I am that. And, and me being beside you reinforces that quality within me all mm. the time. Mm-hmm. I and then absolutely agree. And then in reverse, you know, if, if my <laughs> ability to to master Canva is a quality of the golden shadow that exists within you, you know what I mean? Then the more we work together, then then the more that you step into that and the more that you see that you actually true. are that. And I only ever, anything that I mess with that you've done, I mean, you did it. Like you mm. laid the groundwork for it okay. and makes it incredibly easier to, it's so much easier to edit than it is to start from scratch. Yeah. I have to agree. I have to agree. Um, and it's also to, it's important to bear in mind when you're looking at both the sinister shadow and the golden shadow that, and we kind of already touched on it, but to like drive it home, there's a reflection, right? It is a mirror. Mm -hmm. Look at that. We brought it home. The mirror lifting up, there's a reflection because like, let's say that there's somebody out there that you're just like, look at Becky eating her damn pizza. Like, you know how we get what so irritated. <laughs> what a bitch eating pizza. <laughs> but there's a reason there's, there's something inside of her that you're, that is also a reflection inside of you that you could be fearful of. Like, maybe she's just like an unkind person and your fear is to be perceived as unkind. So you sever yourself from the ability to be or reflect that thing. And then when you see it, it's triggering as fuck. 
Yeah. The first time I heard this term, I think it was from Danielle, or at least we were just, maybe it was the first time I had heard golden shadow. Cause I had known about our shadow selves for a while, but I'd never heard of golden shadow. And she was like, but she was talking about sinister or the dark shadow. And she goes, you know, like if you feel certain ways about Trump and I was like, I could never be a reflection of Trump. Like that was my initial reaction. But then it was like, oh, what's underneath that though? Because there's something about him that just like right up the spine Mm -hmm. dislike. And I'm sure that there could be many things, but like, that's, that's the point. It's like some, there's something that they represent or that they reflect to you that you do not like. And the question is what's underneath that? What's, mm-hmm. what's in the mirror and what can we do? Who's your celebrity golden shadow? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Well, does it have to be, um, can it be a character? It can be anything. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So <laughs> I, it might be this right now because I'm rewatching the series, but I absolutely want to be franny fisher when i grow up and now you might not know who franny fisher is but there's this bb or it's not bbc because it's australian i can't remember what production company it is but it's called franny miss franny fisher's uh mysteries something like that it's set in the late 1920s so it's after world war one but before the great depression and she is uh, an honorable woman so that means that she's like um like they'll call her the honorable Franny Fisher. There's a lot in the story, but she is a lady detective in 1920s <laughs> and she wears pants and she is extremely well cultured. She didn't start out that way. It has a lot to do with like how titles move once somebody passes away. Anyways, mm-hmm. so she's a lady detective and she is, I don't know. I just, I fucking love Friday Fisher so much. Like I want to be here when I grow up. She has different lovers almost every episode. It's, uh, I love it. I love her. I love Friday Fisher. So that would be, cause she's well-educated. She has the biggest heart. She is inquisitive. And I love like figuring out whodunits. That's one of my favorite things to do is to mm. see if I can figure it out. I was actually told one time I'd be a great FBI agent. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I don't want to do that, but thanks. But because I think I would be great at solving mysteries. Anyways, that's who my golden shadow celebrity is. What about you? Mine is um, the character that Charlize Theron plays in every Dior commercial. <laughs> Why is it the moment you said Charlize Theron, the Jador commercial came <laughs> directly to my because brain? Because she is literally... Gold, she's dripping in gold, and I'm like, This bitch, who does this bitch think she is sitting in this bathtub of liquid gold? I love walking it. out like she owns the place, but she does, she it. literally does. Which is interesting because saying that out loud, I know I've said it out loud before, I'm not sure if I've said it yes. to you or not, but yes, now but also, when you said it, I was like, Yeah, I remember that. Saying it, saying it to you directly after saying like your qualities of golden shadow, which is exactly the same as Charlie's Theron's golden <laughs> shadow. Like, bitch. It's it it's like real life. It's real life. Like you literally, like when I watched you with Burlesque, you like walked on to the stage the same way that Charlie's Theron walks through that long ass aisle of people with everyone looking at her. And she's like, I fucking know. I know. I know. (laughs) Well, thank thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I don't even know what else to say. I don't remember. I blacked out for most of what I did. I don't feel like I was my best, my best performer self during burlesque. So I appreciate that. But it was a lifelong dream. Like that should happen this year. I didn't even think about that. Honorable mention, absolutely burlesque. Yeah. Lifelong motherfucking dream came true this year. And what's wildest is that I am at my heaviest and I fucking did it, right? Like 20-year-old Sarah mm. would have been like, nah, bitch, I ain't getting out there and showing right. anybody my right. jiggles and wiggles. <laughs> but I was like nah bitch (laughs) I'm like nah bitch you gonna look at me and you're gonna love it is what I'm feeling and so yes great oh my gosh I can't believe that wasn't even on my radar when I'm actually planning the next burlesque event so right right well and that's the other thing too not only did you perform but you put together an entire production you organized an entire event thank you and uh and you know handfuls of dancers yeah 
Thank you. But none of it would have been possible without you. Like literally, you just please always remember that, that like everything that I do is because our partnership is so beautiful. It's so complimentary. And it's like, we see each other and we want each other to succeed so badly. Mm-hmm. I feel very, very, very grateful that a woman named Toya and a book named Pussy brought us together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I mean, same, a hundred percent same. And also I am, I am grateful that I, all the things that you said, and also I get to be in partnership with a woman who sees my best qualities and my, my potential Mm. almost exclusively. Yeah. Like what, what even? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like I feel, um, I know like it, it's so it's so interesting to think about the relationships we have with people and how each person sees a version of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like not everybody gets to see all the different versions mm-hmm. of us. Like you don't get to see my most angry self, like right. my most I don't frustrated. get to right, right. <laughs> I remember the first time you saw me get mad at someone um when I was driving and you were like, ah! <laughs> but I only it's so funny, I only get road rage very very infrequently, and you happen to witness that one. But anyways, I don't even know where I was going with this, but I like, I like the way that I think when I'm around you, because you challenge me Mm -hmm. and you, even though we may not agree on certain things, like our versions of the face of God are so different. Mm -hmm. And I really wish we would have recorded that conversation. It was a really good one. I don't know if you remember it, but I remember sitting Yeah, we can do it again. Yeah. Yeah. But even, even though certain things are not the same for both of us or whatever the case is, like getting to grow in all the different ways that I get to grow when I'm around you, bitches should be jealous. Yeah. I'm jealous. (laughs) I'm jealous of us. I would be. Yeah. Thank you for being my sacred mirror. Thank you for being mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's my deep pleasure. Yes. Yes. It's one of, one of my life's greatest honors. Mm-hmm. You feel complete? I feel complete. Totally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.